You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagask's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Welcome you all here to today's Let's Talk Dairy. Um, I'm just taking over for George Ramsbottom today, and George will be hopefully back with you next week. To kick off, we have Eamon Fagan with us. So Eamon, just maybe tell us all about yourself there, Eamon, in five, in five minutes. Um, Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, uh, so I, I do have a map there of the farm just to, for, for context. So you fire off there, and I'll, we can just so people get a visual of where you are. Yeah, we're in County Westmead. Uh, if you left of the dark color is Lockery, the Shannon. So I suppose there's about two kilometers of shoreline along there, uh, adjoining the farm. So to the right-hand side of us then, Patrick, there's a golf course. Uh, yeah, to the right of, all along that line, just that, yeah, right of that arrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's all golf course. So we're kind of snookered where we are. But anyway, we have 63 hectares there. Uh, this platform here, where we can see the rollers in. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That area along by the lake is all SAC. Along here, yeah. And there's we have a big problem with swans coming into all that area along by the lake. They will graze about 30 acres of ground on us every year, and that's our driest ground. So at the moment, I looked at that this morning. There's a cover of about between three and 400 on it. Uh, it's actually a bit lower than when we closed. So there's... Up again, 100 swans grazing there all winter. So at the moment, our grass cover is low. We're around 570. Uh, we've been out since early February. We had some heavy covers that we dry, uh, grazed off in the dry weather, got them cleaned off. We were out day and night for a while to get them cleaned off. So as you can see, we're tight now. So we're out by day, in by night. And just rationing, as Joseph said, we have to ration what we have left. We normally start the second round around the 3rd or 4th of April. So I don't know this year. It may be pushed out a bit more. Depends on growth. As regards slurry, we have the whole farm has been done with slurry. Um, about half of it was done in the second half of January and the other half was done there recently. Uh, we have a half bag of urea out at the moment. And so as soon as this wet spell passes, we'll be putting out um, another, I suppose, three quarters of a bag or so. Um, we'll, we'll just show up your wedge there and we might even bring Joe back in and that there in a second, Eamon. Just also, uh, how many cows are you running there on that block, Eamon? Uh, last year we ran 190. The history we went, we did run about 2.30 back three or four years ago, and we've, which was pushing the whole thing too far because, uh, as you see, the swans catch us in the winter and in the summer, if we get a dry spell, if we get three weeks with no rain, we're beginning to suffer from drought. So last year we milked 190. Um, even at that now is putting us under a bit of pressure when we get the dry spells, so... Might even have to go back to 180 on the home block. Now we have a second block, which we set up a robot on. My son, Parik, uh, kept after me to 
do this project. So I gave in. So we have a robot unit, which is about five minutes away. Just uh, showed up there as well, there, Eamon. Like, so it's just it's just down here, just over here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Down yeah so we, here. we have to travel the road. So there's some owned land there. There's about 30 acres of owned land, and the rest of it is leased land. But it's a lease we've had for years and years. And it'll continue as long as we keep paying the rent. Um, it's nice. Uh, yeah. It's nice the way you uh, threw Parik under the bus for the robot there. So, um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll probably we might come back to that and how you manage that and decisions around that just at the yeah. end. I suppose we will will bait on through with the um, just a couple of the spring and things like that. Like so, you did just just your just for people there. You have a high EBI herd, um, top two or three percent in your co-op uh, EBI two twenty. To um and young stock coming through, um just then from the grazing point of view, I suppose um and we might bring you back in on this there, Joe as well. Like so, Eamon said like the average farm cover. You did this yesterday, Eamon, wasn't it? This morning. This morning. We we'll got we had you out early. Um, that the that's the trick, uh, Joseph, to get people to do what walks, put them on a webinar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the bit, put the bit of pressure on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the farm cover there is five seventy. Um. So you, which ground there on that there, Eamon, would be the the sort of, the, the, that'd be towards the back end of the wedge there that the, the geese are on, or the swans, I should say. They're on paddock 11, 12 and 13. 11, 12 and 13, yeah. So the middle ones there that you were saying are all in around three or 400. Yeah, and they, they haven't been grazed. Cows haven't been on them yet at all. Yeah, and they, they, they'll, they the swans are still on them, so they'll stay, they'll fall yeah. out sink within the uh, thing. And these covers up to the front here, you're at sixteen, seventeen hundred. So your your cover will, if, as you graze them, heavier covers off. Your cover will drop fairly fast. So yeah. for the next, if we take it, we're Paddy's Day now. Um, you need to get to, I suppose, Joseph in around the seventh of April or somewhere like that to give these paddocks here a chance to come back. That'd be fair, yeah. Joseph. Yeah, no, uh, no, at least like. You know, probably yeah, probably probably seventh eighth of of April is probably where we're looking. As I said, if 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 someone is targeting the first few days of April, they need to have six seven hundred on three or four. I think it's probably a common thing, Patrick, that people tend to say, "Oh, I have seven or eight hundred on my first, but it's really the average of the first three or four that we need to. I suppose we really need to be focusing on. And just another one there, Patrick. Just it's no harm to. I suppose when we are down and we're hitting maybe the five hundreds or in somewhere in around that at this time of the year, a very handy one to figure out gra- um, grass allowance that you can give them is pretty much divide your growth by your stocking rate, and that'll you know that'll give you the the grass allowance. So maybe this 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 that growth there. We were saying maybe growths are in around fifteen or something like that at the minute over you know for say for this week like so even fifteen divided by two point seven four like you're talking six you know five or six six so it's 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 grazing by day. Yeah. You know on on a on a lot on a lot of farms at the minute that have under you know the six you know in around the six hundred. And Eamon there just which were the first paddocks you did graze on your own um, uh seventeen. Eighteen and nineteen as well. Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So they're sitting in around 500, 550. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose what, what your point there, Joseph, is that they need to be in around at least 11-ish hundred come the start of the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose, Eamon, and the question is for you, uh, over the next, what, we, we have 20, 25 days, sure, you'd, you'd want to grow out of about 30 on average a day over the next 20, 25 days to get them up to 1,100. The farm should be able to do that if the, if the weather... Well, the, fa- the ha- farm heats up quickly. 
it's yes. um, if we get mild weather, it will jump. Now, yeah. I, know, I know we were out by day and night um, around this time last year or a little bit earlier, I think. We're yeah. out full time. Yeah. I, I think it's the moral of the story there, there this year, Eamon. The weather conditions were brilliant in the yeah. spring, hard to leave them behind you. Yeah. Um, okay, you were getting hit by the swans, but a lot of people, their average farm covers were slightly lower starting off because of the overwinter growth. Um, so people are probably a little bit ahead of themselves and just want to look in one sense you could say the wet weather helps it's easier to put cows back in by night but you wouldn't want to be letting your cover drop a whole lot more um, or it could put you under more pressure for the second round yep um, so, and what when you said they're on the fertilizer aim and um, you're, when the weather changes you're hoping to go what are you going to go with or how many units um, I suppose urea um Somewhere between three quarters of a bag and a bag. Yeah, so you're going 35 units or they would yeah. take to catch yourself back up. Yeah, now the whole place has got slurry, water, pretty watery slurry. So confident between both that, um, you know, it'll drive it on. Very good. You'll be happy enough for that, Joseph, too. So he's got basically got three applications of nitrogen by the middle of next week. Um, slurry, it's all got a half bag already and he'll be going again once the weather allows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose just for maybe people on the call, Patrick, that maybe have maybe nitrogen out and maybe one application, maybe some fields that haven't got slurry, it might be no harm that the next compound, you know, the next fertilizer choice, them that maybe something like 18612, um, something like that to get that bit of pee in because we are, you know, say next week we'll be into the 20th of, of March. It's no harm to have that pee for what's coming in terms of maybe that little bit of heat and to get, you know, pee for early spring growth. Lovely. Um, how are the cows milking there, Eamon, or any comments on, or just in the spring in general? I suppose it's hard to judge. They're doing probably 22, 23 litres that region. Um, protein has dropped seriously now. The last collection was 330. The one before that was 340. So it has it has been dropping, dropping, dropping. Since um, you went back more on silage. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose we had been feeding... Uh, red clover bales and they have run out in the in the last week so we're back to pit silage now yeah so they seem to be holding not bad on the red clover bales and they were mad for them yeah so we need and to make we need to have more of those type of bales and is that your first year with red clover um, silage yeah 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 well, now uh, the rest of it went into the pit and I suppose it's I mean, we have one big pit that all goes in and it's hard to keep it separate. So maybe I should be targeting. Now we plan to sow more, some kale ground we have, we're going to sow uh, the red clover mix in that again. So we are increasing our levels of red clover on the silage ground. On the out blocks. Yeah. And uh, when you say a red clover mix, it's going in with grass. Going in with grass, yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you don't remember what roughly what, rate of red clovers going into it? I think it was six kilos. So, so just hoping that's all there, Paris. I just I get the exact amount. You got that's a great drawer you have there beside you. <laughs> Parik is searching. <laughs> that's okay. Just when we will keep moving there with Parik's look of last just uh, and again yeah. I suppose it's something new and maybe uh later on that might be something Well we got we got three good crops of we had ten acres of it down the road on an out block. 
uh, and we got three cuts of it. And on the third cut of the 10 acres, we got 80 bales. And I went, uh, when did you sow it, Eamon? It was sowed in August of 21. If I remember rightly, I told you it was too late for Tiago crop. Oh, well, I don't believe everything you say. I'm sure you're probably as well on. <laughs> um, so, um, so you got three crops off of that. And did you graze it at all or you just left, took it for a Yeah, cycle? we grazed it. Actually, it done very well when we sowed it. So we grazed it that autumn, late. Uh, it wasn't grazed in the spring of 22. It was cut. The first cut was taken around the 20th of May, then the second cut in July and the third cut in September. For the first cut, it got about 70 units of nitrogen. Second cut, just slurry. And the third cut, just slurry. So I, I think that's a very good response and the cows milked well off it. I suppose, yeah. Joe, again, probably something that some farmers have to look at, but again, all the basics have to be in right before that as in soil fertility and all that. Yeah. Um, just when we're, there's a picture there uh, up on uh, your, your swans. You're looking well. Oh yeah, they're thriving. Yeah, sure. That's that's part of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you, you also have multi species there. You're using multi species as a way to incorporate clover onto your farm. Uh, look at we dabbled. I suppose what led me towards multi species was, um, I suppose, that pond you see in the background. We're in a yeah. very very sensitive area. Uh, don't want to be getting hassle, so we we. In 20, what years are going by? Uh, 2020, we saw the first one. I think there's another slide there, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, that one on the left. That was sowed with multi-species 2020. And all that's left in it now is the clover. Yeah. Um, a good take of clover in it. And that actually only got... Um, it got a bag of urea in 2022 before the 1st of April and I got no more bag nitrogen and we would have put watery slurry on it maybe for after six grazings through the summer and it grew as much grass as it. And in fact, I suppose what I'm finding, that ground that we're looking at is very light and sandy and yeah. is forced to burn up. But last yeah. summer it didn't burn near as much as in previous years, since we put in the multi-species stuff. Now, the one on the left you're looking at is the same as the one on the right, same paddock. The one on the right was sowed in autumn, uh, or sorry, was in spring 2021. And they actually, the plantain has remained in that. Good take of clover, probably lacking in ryegrass. Yeah. Is a bit open. Yeah. Um, swans love it. <laughs> but um, look at again, those we have three paddocks along by the lake there with multi species in, and the three of them got the same treatment last year, only uh, bagged nitrogen up to the 1st of April and no more after that, and worked off watery slurry we have a lagoon so the water the slurry is pretty watery and we spread that on those three paddocks and they performed well so i don't know ask me would i saw more, more multi-species from what i see the multi-species 
will die out of it. So if the clover is what's driving the growth. Very good. Because uh, I suppose it's, a, as you say, if you're, you're ending up with fields with good levels of clover, um, which is the key outcome. So it's part of our seeding program. And you're you're obviously measuring the grass and um, you're getting the response to it. So um, yeah, very good. So just uh, you, you also mentioned there, Eamon, that you, um, you're running a second unit with the robotic. So I suppose maybe... Um, just yeah, what were you thinking there? Or, um, well, it was back, I suppose. I was chasing cow numbers and chasing cow numbers, and we were increasing cow numbers here at home, and the place just wasn't fit for it. And sure, we could see that financials were dropping, so it was a matter of cutting back numbers. We had this block of land up the road really good land, probably better land than what we have at home, better soil on it. So look at, between Porrick and myself, we eventually agreed to put up a, a robot unit. So there's one robot on it, uh, a neat little unit, <clears throat> 30 cubicles. And we milked 50 cows there last summer. We'll probably run somewhere between 50 and 60 again this year. So it started with nearly all heifers, which... I think Porrick found were a lot easier to train. We did bring up some cows early on and they were taking too much time to train, especially in a busy time. So we kind of left it to mid-February, brought up a bunch of heifers. They trained quickly. So those same animals are going back up again this year as they calve. So we kept bring all home, calve them at home and bring them up in bunches of maybe eight or ten then. And uh, so what will go up to make up the numbers this year are more heifers as well. They'll just take to it much quicker. So it's working nicely. Pori has it well set up with roadways, wires, trying to keep it as simple as possible so it has not taken too much time. And do you find, okay, like... uh, the the decision around the robot was a labour save and and it's hard to in the second unit like I suppose yeah I suppose like most people were telling us put in a parlour so it makes more sense from a cost point of view and um, we kept wondering about the labour and I suppose the labour came home to bite us then because we had a man for 20 years here and he left us at Christmas just got fed up of dairy farming so I mean in hindsight it probably was the best thing to do because we've been finding, well, we have staff now. We have a student which came in March, but it was a tough month of February. There was two of us, Parik and myself, and then a, a local girl uh, has come in to help us as well. So it was tough going without the man we had for years who knew the place well. We could depend on him. So, I mean, and we had tried a lot of uh, areas first half but I don't know they're not out there so looking back the robot I know some people say it's crazy stuff but looking back it was a it was a godsend we went that route because if we had been trying to milk in a milking parlor up there this year it would have put us under awful pressure and uh, just with the, the management then um, now that you're more sitting into it with parking yourself like so the, the, the grazing management and that, you're you're doing a similar thing or is it, what way do you work it? 
Well, I suppose or the, the complication of the second unit now rather rather than the robot, like or yeah, it, I suppose it takes up more time. Like Porik generally makes here in the morning. He's finished by quarter to nine or that. Heads up to the I do the calves. He heads up to the robot, moves wires. I mean, the critical thing with the second unit up there is that it's well set up. That it's only a matter of of um, going up, moving wires, checking cows, doing a bit of washing and cleaning. Uh, he actually has put in a robotic scraper up there as well, yeah. which has been a big help to time-wise as well. So, you know, he was spending a good bit of time cleaning up there. That's now gone. So particularly in the springtime for the first three months, you kind of want that second unit as well set up as possible that that he doesn't have to spend too much time up there. And name any cabin, all the, the cows at home and then taking a, a particular date and bringing up X amount of heifers then, uh, or how is that working? Well, last year, that's that's what we done. We kind of brought them up in, in bunches of maybe 10 or 12. This year, we're, prob- we're bringing them up in bunches of four or five as the ones with the the robot have collars on them for for the lily robot so this year as there's four or five there once they're <clears throat> once the they're going into the milk tank they then go up to the robot okay so the the you calve all at home and then as yep. the robot cows and such uh, are clear for the bulk tank. You move them up away, and they're yeah. cleared out of your own yard. So they don't, yeah. don't over. They don't actually graze on your own platform. No. Straight up above. So both, you're you're balancing up, your yeah. stock rate. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably a little bit in a lot of places where they're running second units. They centralise calf as you're doing, but the cows tend to stay on farm till there's enough cows there to send the milker up with them on the parlour. Yeah. So I suppose there may be a small bit of a benefit there that you can move the cows on as quick. Yeah, uh, to keep the pressure off your own, particularly um, when you're you have a lowish cover at home, like you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, it is a big help that way now to to manage the thing at home. And as was as I said earlier this year, those cows that are going up, are trained to the robot, so it's only a matter of bringing them up and they're off working again. Now okay. those cows, Park tells me, are yielding what you say? Twenty five liters. They're doing about twenty five liters at the moment. So the young lad's beating the old lad, is it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're wrong, we have the wrong person on the webinar. Well, I can um, put them on if you want them. <laughs> um, so, look, uh, the, thanks very much. I uh, just uh, then going forward and in, in, into the summer and the spring, you do nothing different this year, um, Eamon, or is it just uh, same as in lockdown the system or uh, any other plans? <laughs> uh, well, I suppose we need another tank, we have to put down, we're getting tight in slurry story on paper we're okay but the lagoon catches rainwater we're catching rain we have an open well with the holding yard it's a big tank slatted tank open catching rainwater as well this winter we found we were under pressure so we're going to put in uh, another tank this year and it's just to be comfortable not to be looking over your shoulder all the time and saying, oh, God, how many days is it to the 16th of January? Um, yeah, I think we just need to be in comfort zone and it takes pressure off. 
I mean, there's no point in going out with slurry on the 16th of January or the 17th of January just because it says it's time to go. This, I mean, slurry has become so valuable that, and now we realise it that um, if you have extra storage, you know, if the last two weeks of January, January are wet, we can hold it and till February and, you know, pick our times better. Very good. And I, I think the, the one of the lessons and I know from talking before is like that, you know, and I think it's a message probably Joe can come in on it there as well, that, that um, having the right stock and rate for your farm is, um, is important. You mentioned earlier that when you ran the, the cow numbers, you, you said the, the financial performance of the, the farm dropped off. So I just, it, it, you, you think that sometimes a little bit less is a bit more, if you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, like when we pushed the stocking rate, we were into zero grazing. We were ringing a fellow on and off. And I mean, if you're doing zero grazing, you have to be a regular with the guy that's doing the contract work. Otherwise, he's coming in here at 10 o'clock at night or, you know, and it's another job. And look, at I think simplify the system and that's where now even if it means we have to drop back a bit more on the home farm you now as i suppose we all see the summers are getting drier we get hit in the summer if it does mean dropping back a little bit more so be it we'll try and have as much good quality bales and i won't go back to your grazing if we when we need extra feed we'll use bales far handier put them in during the day they're there for stock. This thing of, uh, we found with the zero grazing, you put in a big load of grass there, and maybe at six or seven o'clock in the evening, you have to go again at nine and push it in. They're, um, they go through that stuff so quickly. So oh, the day is long enough without having to do that. Lovely. Um, just uh, thanks very much, Eamon. I suppose the, the moral of the story there has been a good spring, just from Joe's point of view with the grazing and all that, just for a lot of people to... I suppose hold our own now for the moment. Um, if there's any questions or that, there just put into text box. Joe, you just wanted to come in there um, about uh, clover walks. Yeah, just to share that quickly for a minute. Just a nice few participants on there, just to just to highlight it. Um, it's in it's in today's uh, journal, anyways. But uh, I suppose the Dairy KT team, uh, the uh, Chagas Grass Ten, um, Clover One Fifty, and the researchers were running a, a series of of clover walks again this spring. And just to highlight them, they're starting uh, Tom O'Connell's in Cork, Clonakilty College on the third and fourth of April, then uh, to Cashlin, Tipperary, down Johnstown Castle. So it's a cross enterprise. All all enterprise are included in this the calf to beef system in, in Johnstown Castle and Michael Hearn and Ballyduff Ballyduff in Waterford, uh, down to County Kerry then and County Leash then. Uh, Thomas and David Fenley up into up into Midlands Peter Robinson in Multifarnum in Multifarnham and over then to Grange then um, the Suckler system then on the, the 12th of April um, O'Dee's farm in County Limerick and Oshin Gallon then in Donegal on the 13th and uh, the final two then Killian Brennan in County Cavan and finishing then on the 18th of April uh, in Athenry in the sheep unit in Chagas so um, won't dwell on it just that there's there's hopefully uh, there's number of events one per regional uh, unit in Chagas and hopefully there, yeah, there's something for, for, for in every location throughout the country in the, in the coming week starting the 3rd of April Thanks very much, Joe. Um, look, we're gone a half an hour there, or a little bit over. Uh, like, big thanks to Joe for coming on and giving us the update, and for Eamon and Porrick. 
Uh, I've known him and, and Parik a good while now, and I can say it's a very a far and well worth visiting. Uh, particularly there's a local pub that you can call into afterwards. That's worth a hunt in the Raheman. That's for sure, Patrick. <laughs> uh, but in fairness, uh, in my time dealing with you, you're always uh, you're open to trying new things, and I think you can see that. Um, and you're always very honest uh, with the the feedback and what's good is good, and what doesn't work, you always uh, tell the truth on it. So really appreciate that. And look for everyone, uh, best of luck uh, for the, the coming week. And as we said, we're at Chagas. We run the breeding uh, week with Stuart and a number of events uh, next week. So just keep a lookout for that. Sorry, Patrick. Much. Patrick, sorry. You asked me about the red clover. There was five kilos of red clover, three kilos of Myra, and three kilos of Aberclyde. Very good, thanks, Eamon. Um And as you said yourself, you 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 will hope to um, put more of that in um, yeah. on the out blocks. And I, in my own opinion, I think there's scope for that for a lot of farmers um, to do it. Probably you probably should be isolating it and putting it into all bales, maybe to help you through yeah. the problem parts of the year, or if you get into droughts or that. Yep. Lovely. Thanks very much. Okay. We'll talk to you again. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series and don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs and thanks for listening.